everyone. It is time to head north. I'm Natasha Ryan, the VP of Communications for the North Group. And with me are CEO Steve Hernandez. And today we are recapping a conference that, in Steve's words, was amazing. Is that safe to say? Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. It was amazing. Thank you, Natasha. It was absolutely incredible to, to attend the, uh, the Association Threat Assessment Professionals Winter Conference. Phenomenal in Orlando, Florida. We loved every minute of it. Learned a lot. So I'm excited to discuss it here. So my first question for those listening is kind of digging into what this conference looks like, right? Because we go to a lot of security conferences. The ATAP Winter Conference specifically centers around a certain segment within our security industry. So can you kind of explain that to people listening? It's much more cerebral, cerebral, um, I guess is the best way to say that, right? Uh, if I can get that out. But it's, it's very, um, it was informative. It was educational. It was, it was aggressive in the knowledge being taught to help you know, you have an eclectic group of people. It's not just security professionals, it's law enforcement professionals, right? Judicial um, protection professionals, uh, behavioral threat assessment professionals, psychologists, more psychologists in a room than, than I've ever seen at a security conference. So the, the behavioral, you know, pathway to violence studying that goes on and some of the insights from people that have lived real violent incidences or mitigated violent violent acts or um, acts of aggressors towards corporations, schools, communities. It was just very informative, learned a lot, some of which, you know, isn't isn't able to be publicly shared, um, is a little sensitive. Some some cases are still ongoing, but I will tell you that the biggest piece of takeaway for me was just validation in the protector's existence. Um, but the the gap that's being filled by new protectors coming in with Intel backgrounds and Intel centric skill sets that is that is around understanding what those facts for increased threat ratios look like, what those behavioral indicators look like. And there was a whole week of talking about behavioral patterns, recognizing that, recognizing how violent things can get quickly. You know, the North Group prides itself on driving everything through intelligence, right? So it sounds like you were in the right room uh, at the conference. My question is playing off of what you just said. So as we evolve and we better understand what the protector's role should look like now versus what it looked like 40 years ago, even 10 years ago, you know, what is specifically more, I mean, how, how important is it to evolve that protector role and you, and you mentioned like intelligence and analyzing data is all part of it now. I mean, is that overwhelming to someone that's been in the business and knows the old school way? I mean, how do you kind of merge the old into this morphing into the new role and what that looks like? Yeah, great question. I mean, it, it is overwhelming, right? To somebody that that just looks at protective security from a from a non-asymmetrical perspective, um, you know, threats are ever evolving and to do a great job at protecting principles and protecting corporate assets, corporate stakeholders, you know, we have to understand one, where are we assessing risk at and why? And what are the threats? Who are the threats? Where those vulnerabilities exist? And this conference did a really good job at branding that and highlighting the issues 
around real world scenarios where celebrities have been stalked or or um, suspects, you know, targeted organizations, you know, such as, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500. Um, you know, you look at organizations like Disney, I got to give my hat off to Disney every chance I can, um, though they they have a lot of issues in the limelight right now with you know public interfacing interactions and, the, and some of their pr they do an amazing job at protecting the people that attend disney day in and day out and, and mm -hmm. they they thrive themselves on behavioral and situational awareness which is which is so important um i think that their business model for security is is tremendous and i think they embody the atap culture um and what threat management truly looks like and to understand where threat management thrives and and gets missed you really have to go to the infrastructure of, a, of an organization or a vendor company such as the north group or or some of these other companies out there that they're not just staffing companies they're really looking at things from that asymmetrical perspective of how how those threats are evolving and that's what the conference did the other point I want to I want to really hone in on here is is they they didn't just give data, they gave case studies, and each piece of data was backed up by an actual incident or case study around you know a threat matrix that developed over a period of time and was either mitigated by good police work, good investigative work, good corporate security threat management functions, but the integration of HR, legal, cyber, security departments, security providers, law enforcement, everybody kind of coming together in this public-private partnership mentality, which we've discussed, to where there is no barrier between protecting people, um, protecting assets, protecting you know, against liabilities. There's no barrier within ATAP when I was at that conference, right? There's a full scope approach to understanding what threats look like and what behaviors look like and in tandem how the different areas of responsibility are supposed to attack this issue. It's interesting you brought up case studies and specifically it sounds like that's one of the things that really stood out to you about the effectiveness of the speakers at this particular conference because when we were at IPSB in Vegas, Brian Flannery, who is a big part of ATAP on the West Coast, uh, gave a case study. And you're right, when you have it, uh, an actual case that you can go through, yeah. it, you remember it. I mean, I remember his entire presentation because it was so interesting walking through the timeline of the case and getting a full encompassed look at what that threat was and how it all came out. Um, so that's great. That was a part of it. I do want to throw in here, you're talking about Disney. Um, we did do a podcast with Scott Netherow, who used to run part of Disney's security program. So if you want to hear more insights on exactly what Disney does, you can visit our uh, TNGdefense.com slash podcast, and you can find that Disney episode because it, it is very intriguing. They, they have a system. They do it well. Mm -hmm. And half the time, you don't even recognize there is a threat because they mitigate it before it ever comes to fruition. So well, and it, and I'll point out, Natasha, so, you know, I mean, I, I had happened to stay right across from Disney Springs and, you know, I'm, I'm going there to eat at night because it's where all the restaurants were. And when you don't know where you're going, a Disney security officer in, in his Mickey Mouse Disney outfit, right, as, as people joke, um, walks up and says, hey, sir, how are you tonight? Can I help you? 
because I looked like the confused tourist walking by myself trying to find somewhere to eat or go meet some yeah. people. Yeah. So, so, but that approach was they're watching my behavior. They're, they're, they're looking for a point of interdiction. To they're say, paying attention. Yeah. Right? They're, they're aware, they're situationally understanding. And, you know, uh, the military has a great saying, right? Every soldier is a sensor. Law enforcement, I think, you know, follows that every officer is a sensor on the street. You know, you have to be able to apply that in large public spaces. Um, which ATEP did a great job at talking about how the progressive behaviors of a bad actor are detected through good, committed threat management programs. And really, it, it was just a lot of validation. I mean, I learned a lot, though, too. I mean, as somebody who's been in this industry for almost 15 plus years, right, is trying to figure out, you know, where where do we focus as a as a private risk management vendor, how do we focus? You know, what what is our what is our niche to the consumer market as far as helping them understand what their risks are? I think that one of the things that's really important with that is ATEP does a good job at highlighting, cutting through all the noise and highlighting what the actual issues in threat management and um, violent actions are, right? And part of it is is one when you detect it address it right yeah. it, it was a major part of the conversation there was a uh, there was a lady that did a presentation and I, I tell you what she sat with a student during a crisis um and you know for her to talk about this was just very rewarding to be able to hear her story and she's written a book on it um i I'll, we'll put those links in and in, in the name of the speaker um in the uh in the attachment here but she really covered down on how they addressed the incident in the middle of it she had a student walk in to her office that she sat down with as a social worker and he said you know he told her he had a gun in his bag um and she spent the next hour with that student deconflicting the situation and um there were some funny parts of the story, but the human side of it, right? It, it, mm -hmm. didn't, it didn't turn into throwing the kid on the ground and, you know, a run, hide, fight scenario um, where some people would have. Some people would have. Right. And it may have escalated and exacerbated the situation. But she she read the situation as as to where she could control it um, and then made the determination to ultimately talk the student down and get possession of that firearm, lock it in a drawer. And then eventually the school resource officer did show up and, and it was very beneficial, the outcome, no one got hurt. So it's kind of one of those instances that never happened, right? Another parallel trajectory, you know, where this could have went would have been catastrophic. And, yeah. and we're living that, right? We just, you know, um, God bless the MSU family up here in Michigan and everybody that that's been affected by that tragedy. hundred percent. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, that shooter had no connections to MSU. Um, but there were indicators, you know, the families, the family has even um, stated that there were indicators, you know, he was a loner. He, he was reclusive. He, these things are, are things that every, community member, every citizen is a sensor to a uh, fact for increased threat ratio, right? And ATAP does a very good job at 
really getting into the meat and potatoes of what that looks like and some of the speakers that they have they've been there they've dealt with it right they're they've been in the middle of a crisis which a lot of people can't say i mean you have yeah. a number of people that have responded to a crisis but being the one person in the room with a potential active shooter and hearing that story and the human side of how she dealt with that was just very impactful i mean it 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 you know took your breath away to just sit there it's like watching a liam neeson movie right and you're like whoa you know but this is real this isn't hollywood this is a real life situation where mm -hmm. she became a hero um and she received I, I believe the uh the citizens medal of honor um but you know that incident could have been very 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 bad and that was just one of many presentations um on on kind of outcomes that never happened that were mitigated and prevented through good communication and behavioral understanding and you know you have a room full of intelligent people within the industry who get that and mm -hmm. get the messaging and the value in it you know specifically around schools because there have been so many mass shootings was it addressed at the conference at all in thought process on how to get through to the schools and get in there to teach situational awareness no not really and and i think that it's not a it's not a ding or a, or a negative right i think everybody right. in the room already understands that i i don't think there were people in the room i don't think there was one person in that room that didn't understand it right um everybody there professionally whether they be law enforcement or corporate security private high net worth security um schools there were there were many school districts there there were oh that's good that's good yeah to hear that. and i think that there's a lot of attention on this i think the problem we run into when we start talking about keeping kids safe um is we have political you know barriers that are set up with certain things um i do believe that you know, gun-free zones versus not gun-free zones, right? I, I think when we talk about this from a behavioral threat analysis without politics in the middle of it or, or Second Amendment beliefs or any of that, predators don't prey on armed people. Um, and typically when they do, they're met with a, a violence of action that, right. that, you know, mitigates further, further threat um, to them or, or the community they're around. So I think when, when you start to have this conversation, it's important to note that it's the people that don't know what their program is. It's the school districts that don't understand what they should be doing, not wrong or indifferent. It, it's everybody needs to come together, community um, and government and, and districts and parents. And we need to make it a point that this conversation about what to do, um, you know, is is extremely important. And if it doesn't happen, um, shame on us. You know, uh, we're we're when we're talking about schools, we're talking about the next generation. We're yeah. talking about the next the next generation of political leaders and 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 you know, um, yeah, members of our community. I, I think that it's it's a travesty when we fail the youth in this way. I, I think that schools is one big part of this topic, but you got healthcare, right? You've got yeah. nurses and doctors and, and administrators that go to work every day at a hospital. And uh, I can tell you, you know, we've got a great client that they, they go above and beyond to make sure their patients and staff 
and community members are safe within their their healthcare network. And um, I think it's important. I think it's important to think about that. I think it's important to highlight failures. Failure is the breeding ground to success or, or achieve. You got to learn. Yeah, right? failures teach. Yeah, it's a path towards growth. Uh, you know, before we go down another road, I do want to bring it back to the conference. So, you know, giving people an accurate portrayal of what this conference looked like, it sounds like you had some decision makers in the room and you had people from different industries in the room, people that probably, you know, are, are responsible for keeping people safe in those segmented industries. Is that correct? Like the makeup? Am I, am I right? I would say that room had more decision makers in it than any other security conference I've ever been to, for sure. That's interesting. Okay. And then as far as, um, you know, the goal here is just to recap your experience, but also, you know, people are always wondering which conference should I attend, which conference best fits our company's needs, you know, our company's growth. What was the networking aspect like of the conference? I mean, hands down, one of the best environments I I've been in. Easy to relate because, you know, I'm we're in that world and, and I knew a lot of people that were in attendance, but more importantly, the people that I didn't know to sit down and have a conversation um, and compare notes, right? Compare experiences, compare client engagements, you know, high level on I dealt with this, you know, and they're like, oh, I dealt with this and this is how we handle. Oh, we handled it this way or we handled it the same way. I mean, there was just validations, just if I had to pick one word, it was just validation, right? Validation on process, wow. validation on understanding. The networking was very um, cerebral, as was the conference sessions, um, because, you know, you're dealing with a lot of PhDs, doctors, you know, uh, heads of behavioral units from different agencies, and their yeah. focus was, you know, um, on having conversations around it. It wasn't a big party. Um, it was really educational and oriented towards making sure everybody's walking away with with a value with a value add to their respective area of expertise or, or industry. I like this, and this is kind of the way you know when I talk to people in the industry, especially on the podcast and in you know just on a colleague level. Mm -hmm. The way that everyone wants to go is more of this collaboration, leave your ego, talk about the failures, talk about what the misses were and like, let's learn from each other and share information, share knowledge. And like, you know, we're seeing more groups, industry networking groups that rely on this more so than, you know, the old school way of doing business. So it sounds like ATAP has a pretty good hold of moving the industry forward in the way that people are desiring it to be. What, is that accurate? Yeah, tremendous insight, tremendous leadership. Um, they're very, uh, they're very, they're not compartmentalized, but they're very organized. Um, there's, there's a togetherness. There's different chapters, but there's, there's a togetherness, right? When you meet somebody from the Great Lakes chapter, they welcome you with open arms. I mean, they're, they're, hey, let's compare notes. Hey, let's talk after. Um, it, it's just, it's a great event. I, I won't miss an ATAP. Um, conference. I can tell you that it's totally tremendous. There you go. Final uh, takeaway on this. I mean, what's something you, you know, like every conference I go to, there's one session, right? Where I remember a quote and I'm like, oh, and it sticks with me. I mean, with you, you know, you obviously enjoyed the social workers presentation. Was there something else or a quote that like maybe you took with you as like the big thing you'll remember? 
I, I don't know about a quote, but I can tell you this. If on the validation side, the biggest piece was if you're responsible for protecting life and, and stakeholder liability or communities, this conference highlights all of the issues around what could go wrong when it really does go wrong. And I think for us as, as whether you're law enforcement or you're, you're a risk manager, security director, that is, um, that is really where the metal meets the meat with what we do. And I think this conference highlighted that above any other um, conference I've been to in the, in the industry. And I think it was all about validation. It was about process. It was about analysis and why we do what we do. And then definitely a lot of tools to support it. I think that's, there are more tools out there to support protecting people and, and stakeholder liability than there's ever been. Um, yeah. And they're only getting better. They're only getting yeah. more technical and more AI driven and all these things. But the the foundation of ATAP is teaching the protector, the collector, the the analyst, this is what it looks like. We are never going to lose that human effect. We're never going to lose that. And ATAP is a big validation for that and how important it is that we educate ourselves on what's going on in the world um, when it comes to threat management and behavioral threat management. Well said, sir. All right. Thanks to all of you uh, for listening, watching, and you can, of course, check out more podcasts on our website under the pod, under the podcast tab. So please do that. If you don't want to watch, you just want to listen, you can go to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and check out Time to Head North there as well. Steve, thank you so much as always. Thank you. Uh, great insight and, on ATAP, and we will see all of you soon. Thanks, everyone.